Odyssey celebrates the class of 2024. Brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to tunein.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. When this happened, you talk about it on the fan. In the year 2003, Clemens wins his 300th as the Yankees have beaten St. Louis 5 to 2. Clemens has come on the field and getting a standing ovation from the sold-out 55,000 at Yankee Stadium. When New York sports happens, talk about it here. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. Welcome back, KM to AM, Keith McPherson on The Fan. I'm joined right now by 19-year Major League veteran, current MLB senior vice president of on-field operations. He's a postseason legend. He's had great moments for the Mariners, Philly, some other teams. But we care about Raul and what he did for our New York Yanks back in 2012. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Raul Ibanez. Thank you so much. Thanks. What a great intro. You got me fired up. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah, well, I'm a fan. Uh, Going back to 2012, I was just getting out of college and I was actually at my now wife's college house with some friends we were all gathered around the tv watching the postseason ALDS game three obviously you come to the plate pinch hitting for A-Rod we're down 2-1 against Baltimore and you drill a pitch to right field to tie it then again in the 12th inning you homer to walk it off it was electric I wasn't at the stadium back in those days but I vividly remember jumping up and down hugging everyone in the living room uh, can you tell us about that moment? You were so clutch, such a professional hitter. What do you remember about the stadium, the fans, and what were you thinking in the batter's box in that moment? Thank you so much for that, um, for your rendition of that and that memory. Uh, my, I, The hairs on my arms are standing up, if you could see them right now. <laughs> so uh, that's what I remember. I just remember um, floating. I was going around the bases, floating. I could feel the energy of the crowd elevating my feet. I could barely feel the... F- my the ground beneath my feet and I all I remember is I couldn't wait to get around the third base and celebrate with my teammates at home to know that we lived to fight another day uh the next day I think that put the series at two to one and we wound up winning that series so just the feeling um th- that energy the excitement uh that the that the fans in the Bronx um it was electric and um I just feel so fortunate and blessed to have been a part of it yeah it's crazy to think that that was now 11 11- years ago fast forward to now right uh buck showalter was managing the orioles in that series and we found out over the weekend that he won't be returning to the mets as their manager in 2024 can you share some thoughts on buck showalter obviously a baseball guy i don't know if you have a personal relationship with him but i know the mets fans listening um probably want to hear what you think about buck showalter not returning to the mets next season I mean, he's had he's having or he's had a tremendous uh, career. Uh, it's a difficult game. 
you know, the Mets did everything in their power. They went out and got the star power, the firepower that they they thought would help them compete and contend. And it's a very difficult game. You know, winning it at the major league level is extremely hard. I'm sure Buck did everything he he could. Uh, all the guys that I know that have played for Buck Walter say that there isn't a more prepared manager, a more detail-oriented manager. And um, and sometimes things happen, like I said before, that are uncontrollable. Things don't work out. But uh, it's not from a lack of effort from Buck Walter, from Steve Cohen, uh, from Billy Epler. Uh, you know, it, it's not from the players. It's not from a lack of effort. So it's tough wishing Buck the, the best of luck. And I'm sure he's going to land on his feet and be managing. Um, you know, a year ago, he was managing in the postseason. A year later, uh, you know, the Mets didn't make the postseason and had, didn't have their best season. So uh, it's baseball. And, uh, you know, hopefully that good things happen for, for Buck and the New York Mets and for the New York Mets fans in the future. Yeah, it's tough, but it's business. It's not personal. It's, you know, business at the end of the day. They're bringing in David Stearns. Things are changing uh, for the Mets and have been changing over the last few years. Buck was a part of that change, but he won't be a part of the change moving forward. It's just a down year for New York baseball, down year for the Mets, down year for the Yankees. I'm disappointed um, as a Yankee fan, a diehard Yankee fan my entire life. I've been watching the Yankees go to the postseason. There's a lot of folks saying, and they're right, that this was the worst season of a lot of our life lifetimes. Um, 30-some years with a winning record, and uh, after going to the ALCS, not being able to get back to the postseason is a letdown, and I feel like the postseason is better when you can see the Bronx, the Bronx Zoo, how crazy Yankee Stadium is. Do you feel like baseball needs the New York Yankees, that global brand, to be in it for the postseason to be successful? Well, for the Yankee fans, and you know, for and for the fans across the game, there's not a more iconic brand than than the New York Yankees brand. Uh, so, sure, it's it's disappointing from the perspective of the game of baseball. But as a fan of the game that grew up watching the game, um, I can tell you that I grew up, you know, a Yankee and, and Braves fan in the '80s and, and early '90s. And sometimes these disappointments lead to to the great things that are coming around the corner. So I'm sure that that the Brian Cashman and company they're going to keep working hard. Hal Steinbrenner is going to do the best that he can as well. And uh, they're going to do the best they can to put the best team on the field. Uh, they're, they're not going to stay down. They might be down this year. They're not going to stay down. But there were some bright spots this year. I mean, Garrett Cole has returned to Cy Young form, uh, had an incredible season on the mound, uh, pitched like the dominant ace that he is. Uh, and and you also had uh, you know Aaron Judge, although he he was hurt, he had some injuries. Put together a, a really tremendous season um, for the time that he was on on the field. So moving forward, I'm sure that the Yankees, like I said before, they are not known to stay down. They're going to do the, everything in their power to put a, a winning team on the on the field next year. So we've mentioned the Orioles. You mentioned the Braves. I recently did a post on social media about how when I would go to Florida in the summer. Uh, to visit my grandmother, they didn't have the Yankees on. So I was always watching the Braves on TBS. It's like a secondary team for me. So with the Yankees out of it, I'm rooting for them. And mentioning the Orioles, what a year they had winning the AL East. Um, when you look at this postseason and the complexion of it, there are six teams that weren't in it last year that are in it this year. But then we still have the usual suspects like the Braves, the Dodgers, the Houston Astros, of course. I always say there's the most parity in baseball, right? In football, you have uh, LeBron James and Steph Curry in the finals every year, or uh, excuse me, uh, Tom Brady in the Super Bowl every year. In basketball, you have LeBron James and Steph Curry in it every year. But in baseball, we never know uh, what's going to happen. So um, how do you feel about this postseason going into 
October with the game starting tonight, do you think it's going to go chalk or do you think we're in for some craziness? I think we're in for some craziness. I mean, it's going to be a wild postseason ride. As you said before, I think the Baltimore or- Orioles lost uh, 100 games in 2021, and now they're sitting at the – they won the division, and, and they have one of the uh, most impressive teams uh, in in the postseason. The Texas Rangers are back in the postseason for the first time in a long time. The Miami Marlins, what a great story that is. I mean, you trade a top-of-the-rotation starter – um, and Pablo, and you get back a Luisa Reyes who wins a batting title in back-to-back years in two different leagues. I think that's the first time in history. And of course, you know the 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 uh, perennial, uh, incredible teams of the uh, Atlanta Braves and the Los Angeles Dodgers. You know, you have Mookie Betts on one side with Freddie Freeman and uh, Ronald Acuna Jr. Uh, Matt Olson, fifty-three homers. I think it is. Is it fifty-three? It might be fifty-four. Sorry if I if I took one away from him there. But Ronald Acuna Jr., 40 home runs, 70 stolen bases. The Philadelphia Phillies are in it. The uh, Houston Astros, the defending world champions, they get in at the, in the 11th hour. That's a team that you cannot rule out. The off, this offense is a potent offense. You get Justin Verlander back, traded him back from the Mets. He goes back home and he, he becomes, a, you know, he's the dominant starter that he's expected to be. Uh, there's a lot of excitement. Anything can happen. As you said before, uh, baseball is the greatest game in the world because anybody can beat anybody on any given day and in short series, especially three-game and five-game series, anything could happen. Yeah, Matt Olson has 54 home runs, which is crazy. I thought he was going to flirt with 60 at one point. <laughs> he had a great year, and he could be the runner-up to the NL MVP. His teammate, Ronald Acuna Jr., is probably going to lock it up with a 40-70 season. This baseball season has been amazing. Uh, there's so many little things. Another year out of Otani, uh, mentioning You know, 60 home runs, flirting with 60 home runs. Aaron Judge, if he didn't miss the time that he missed, he might have got back up there. Julio Rodriguez turned it on and almost put the Mariners back into the postseason. And we already mentioned the teams that weren't in it, Um, you know, like the Rangers and the Orioles losing 100 games uh, a couple seasons ago, but figuring it out now. So uh, the last question I want to ask you is about the state of baseball. I feel like the rule changes created an uptick we know that there was a nine percent uptick in attendance at ballparks we know that people are watching the game on different platforms Um, how do you feel about the banning of the shift the bigger bases the pitch clock which no one talks about anymore how do you feel about those rule changes affecting the game and the state of the game right now yeah, well, first and foremost, we want to thank the fans. Uh, they came out with a, they asked for certain changes. Uh, all the changes that we made were a direct response to what our fans were telling us that they wanted. What they wanted was they wanted a better pace of play, more stolen bases, um, more balls in play, and uh, so that the players could display their athleticism. So uh, first and foremost, we want to thank the fans. The players did a tremendous job adjusting. We have the most athletic and the best players in the history of baseball right now. And uh, everything that we did with our rule changes uh, were designed so that these players could display their athleticism. Um, and again, we see the increase of the stolen base, uh, the fans, it's one of the most exciting plays. They love doubles, triples, balls in play, and more stolen bases. And we were able to do that and see that this year. And as we said before, Ronald Acuna Jr., 40 home runs, 70 stolen bases. Freddie Freeman, 60 doubles, 20 plus home runs, 20 plus stolen bases for the big mm-hmm. first baseman as well. It's just uh, the, the most incredible talent pool uh, that we've ever had in this game. And uh, and the rule changes are designed to complement what we're seeing on the field. 
Awesome. I won't take up any more of your time. Thanks for joining us. 19-year MLB veteran and current MLB senior vice president of on-field operations, Raul Ibanez. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thanks for the intro and the outro as well. Thank you. (laughs) You got Odyssey celebrates Father's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. When this happened, you talked about it on the fan. Manning calling signals, takes the snap, looks left, lobs it left, throws it right open, touchdown Giants! In the left corner of the end zone! Touchdown! With 35 seconds to go, and the Giants regain the lead! Manning the first! When New York sports happens, talk about it here. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. KM to AM, let's keep rocking. Keep McPherson on the fan. Call me up, 877-337-6666. Thank you to Raul Ibanez for finding the time to pre-tape that interview with me. Uh, I admire that guy. (laughs) As I talk about, you know, growing up and realizing that Santa Claus ain't real, the harsh reality that, you know, we were spoiled when we were young with the Yankees and They're just not the same organization anymore. I just went to the kitchen during the break, and we have this WFAN WFAN poster with a ring that says Chase for 28 in it. The Yankees no longer use that as a tagline, as a slogan, because they're not chasing that anymore, right? The Chase for 28, that's, that's not a thing anymore. It was some years ago, but I don't know what they're chasing now. So I say that to say this, man. Believe half of what you see None of what you hear. And you know what I always say about when it rains on your leg or they tell you it's raining on your leg. So just six days ago, I was on the fan and Bob Clappish put out an article talking about the Yankees in this audit. I want to read some of it before we play a soundbite from Andy Martino on Salicata show tonight on SNY Baseball Night in New York, what he had to say. So one person familiar, and this is from the Bob Clappish article, Yankee fans. And, and for all the football calls that are on hold, stay on hold. We're going to talk football right after this, but I'm, I'm putting this out there for the Yankee fans that want to call. We can't do the Zach Wilson, Daniel Jones all day, every day. Still October. The Yankees should be playing. So in the article, it says, one person familiar with the baby boss believes there will be massive changes. It's still uncertain whether the overhaul will cost Aaron Boone his job. <laughs> it, that was six days ago. It was uncertain whether the overhaul would cost Aaron Boone his job. Oh, no, 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 he's back. He's definitely coming back. That means Boone will have to wait to learn his fate. The investigation will begin in early October. The company conducting the audit will not recommend personnel changes. The analysis will instead focus on process and how the Yankees compare to other clubs. Categories will include the success and failure of the Bombers' trades in the last decade, the shakeout of the draft picks, including the international draft, the number of games and dollars lost to injuries, and the state of minor league player development. The final report will be data-driven and purely objective. None of it bodes well for the Yankees analytics department, which is obsessed with exit velocity, spin rates, and has advised, it doesn't matter, has advised GM Brian Cashman to make disastrous trades for Joey Gallo, Josh Donaldson, Frankie Montas, among others. So I think a lot of us believe that, right? A lot of us read that article and said, oh, man, right? Especially, where is it? Um, Steinbrenner has had enough of being runner-up, said one person who's, uh, spoken to the owner often enough to assess the move. I don't. I don't believe anything. Believe half 
of what you see, none of what you hear. So just a week ago, the Yankee universe was saying to themselves, oh, change is coming. How's pissed, right? They're going to some outside people to just go through the whole organization, leave no stone unturned, like look at every single part of the organization and get to the bottom of why they keep coming up short. Then Andy Martino, depending on whether you believe what he has to say, his insiders came out to say this to Salicata just a few minutes ago. It's on his Twitter, and it was on Baseball Night in New York like two hours ago. Play it, Paulie. So this is an example where I don't know how this happened. I really don't, but the perception and the reality are really different. So I've I've been hearing things among Yankee fans where it's like, they're going to audit the whole organization, and there'll be. I think there's this image of consultants coming in and, and examining the way the Yankees do business. I even heard, no offense to you at all, Sally, so I think this is just the way the perception's taken hold. When I said on the show yesterday that Boone's coming back, you were you're like, oh, before the audit, yeah, like so that's just the, how the perception's in there. It's out there. Well, yeah. that's not how, like, there's no consultants, there's no anything. So this is what it is exactly. For a couple of years now, the Yankees analytics people have wanted to be able to compare the way they do analytics to to, uh, another model. So they've gotten the budget now to take an outside company that runs analytics, and the Yankees can look at this outside company's analytics, see how they do it, see how this company does it, and compare. That's the whole thing. There's no consultant coming in. No one else is even looking at the Yankee stuff. It's just the Yankees are looking at some stuff that they're purchasing. Right. Uh, now, more broadly, they're meeting tomorrow in Tampa. The whole team, Brass, Boone, Judge will even pop in, apparently. all High-ranking front office, Hal Steinbrenner. And they're going to look at the way they do everything and talk it through internally. But I do think it's worth clearing up that there are not this team of consultants coming in to, to give the Yankees feedback. It's, it's just not. It, would you say, let me ask you, like, yeah. on, on the fan, or yeah. like, people think that's what's happening? Yes. That's what I thought. That's 100%. Why I, well, that's why I wrote this column. I'm glad that you did to clear it up. Now, we know in today's world, things get taken out of context right. all the time. But I, you hear audit, and now the Yankees are going to be auditing. And it didn't make sense to me because... How could you audit an organization if you've already said basically you're keeping the general manager right. and the right. manager's coming back? Well, so, now, now. well, now we have some clarity. Thank you, Andy, for clearing this thing up, although I have a feeling it's still going to be taken to the audit levels. You know how people are. So don't expect change. Don't expect real changes to come. They're going to look in the mirror and they're going to say, we're all right, and they're going to find little excuses and things. The, the wall in Dodger Stadium. I told you guys back in June that this entire season would be blamed on that concrete slab that Aaron Judge ran into in Dodger Stadium. There were a ton of injuries mismanaged. Jose Trevino's wrist, Anthony Rizzo's concussion. There was a ton of stupid moves. Changing the lineup every single day. All right? Oh, Volpe, you're, we know you're a rookie. We're going to have you in the bottom of the order, order at 9. Then we'll move you to 7. Then we're going to ask you to lead off. Then we'll move you back around. End of the season, we'll move you around, kid. First time facing Major League Pitching. Oh, well, let's do the second tour of duty thing. Let's bring back Billy McKinney. And he started off hot, and then he regressed, and he actually just returned to the mean. He returned to the reason why he's been a journeyman. Greg Allen, he got hurt and wasn't really anything. Like, when they DFA'd Aaron Hicks, everybody celebrated that. I did not care. I remember even being at the stadium when people were cheering or people were mad that um, Aaron Hicks got, a like, a tribute video or whatever. I'm like, you guys got it all wrong. <laughs> Greg Allen comes in, he gets hurt, and he's not much of a factor, and it's just a mess. And I'm telling you, as we get further away from the season, 
And as they look at themselves without somebody on the outside coming in to tell them the truth about themselves, not much is going to change. I, I don't expect anything to change. I don't expect them to go out and get all of the players that you guys are saying, we need this guy, we need that guy. I expect them to continue to cut corners and to look at costs and say, you know, all in all, uh, we had a good season. You know, even the last game, all those tickets were sold. And uh, Aaron Judge will be healthy this year. They're going to bank on Aaron Judge being healthy, Garrett Cole being healthy, and guys like Carlos Rodon figuring it out, and Michael King being able to be a starter, and Clark Schmidt, yeah, he's going to be ready to go too, and Nestor will be back. There's going to be all of these built-in excuses for not going out there and being the Yankees, using their superpower and, and buying free agents and finessing, using Brian Cashman, right? You're supposed to be the GM that everybody fears. You're supposed to be the guy with all the experience that's been doing this for years. You should lean into that and finesse some guys for some talent. Instead, it seems like you got finessed with all of your tra- trades. It seems like you made a bunch of trades that did not pan out. So, um, spoiler alert, Yankee fans, like it's it's not going to be what you think it's going to be. I'll be excited for opening day when it comes. I'll be rooting for the team like I always do. But uh, I guess I'm just getting old, man. I'm, I'm not a kid anymore. And the harsh reality is, you know, Peter Pan, you got to grow up. Um, you can't be in Never Never Land forever. 877-337-6666. We'll see what comes from it. I just know if you're not bringing in someone from the outside to evaluate, evaluate you, it's easy to make excuses. It's easy to, you know, call it something else. And the last thing I'll say about it before I take another call, we got a couple Yankee calls now. Perfect example. Brian Cashman went to Chicago, and I keep referencing this because it, it is exactly what is wrong with the organization and the team. Brian Cashman, after getting swept out of the ALCS, goes on the radio in Chicago, and he doesn't say, oh, how far did we get, right? When they when they ask him about, oh, your two big signings of Carlos Rodon and Anthony Rizzo coming back, is that a homer? That is another homer. Man, this is a good game. If you guys are not watching the uh, Snakes versus the Brew Crew the Diamondbacks have come all the way back. They were down 3 nothing, And then they put together a Corbin Carroll home run. Kettle Marte home run. Gabriel Moreno home run. And they're right back in it. They had three runs scored in that third inning. And now in the fourth, they just took the lead with another. So, like, this is a good baseball game. Actual good baseball with young, talented, exciting players. Um, but yeah, Brian Cashman, when asked about... Yankee fans and the season last year, he said, if you don't win the whole thing, you get an F. And that, like, you know, basically, like, Yankee fans aren't impressed by bringing back Rizzo and signing Carlos Rodon. Chicago people might be because they played for the White Sox and the Cubs. But when he said, oh, yeah, you know, I was talking to Omar Minaya about, like, how far we got. And Omar's like, you don't remember how far you got? You guys are in it every year? Like, I, I, we got we to gotta go find that audio. I have the audio because I've played it. I don't want to paraphrase it. I want you to just listen to his voice and how he talked about the Yankees when it was actually fool's gold. The way he talked about the team and his own success. And his words were, when we were four games away from the World Series, no, you weren't. When you get swept in four games, there's not another four games for you to come back and tie the series. You would actually need five. 877-337-6666. John Bayshore on the fan. Go for it, John. Okay. Hey, Keith. How are you, man? I'm good. 
How are you? Okay, so I'm calling in. Um, I had uh, I was impressed that you had uh, Abanez on the phone. It gave me goosebumps, like he said uh, he had when he uh, did what he did in that game. Um, 2012. That game. Crazy. I was a college. I was coming out of college. We were partying and 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 watching that and and man, that energy. I don't know. It, I just feel like we're so far from those times now. We didn't even have that energy in the postseason the last couple years. Exactly. So we're missing October, of course. But um, my story goes that uh, you know we were at. I was at that game with uh, six other people, and um, you know we were thinking that, and and it's probably true that A Rod never been pinch hit for his life um, from little league all the way up to the majors, <laughs> and then Abanez comes in ties that game. I don't know if he's listening right now, but he ties that game up and then wins it with another one. Um, Great it move. It was crazy. The stadium was rocking. We could feel our feet, like, shaking. It was crazy. <laughs> Raul Abanez was incredible that night. Um, so I just wanted to uh, take some guts. Take some and, guts for a manager to take out Alex Rodriguez. And put in a veteran. That's why I, when I was talking to my side, you were so clutch. We knew you were such a professional hitter. We knew that the moment wasn't too big. The second pitch that he saw, boop, gone. It was, and like, I don't know, man. That, you know, there's so much exactly. I could say from that. With the managing situation, with the stars that were on that team, with Raul, Raul Ibanez being on that team after he had already played in, a, you know, three, four other teams, but he was, uh, he was a weapon. He was a guy off the bench that you needed. You know, fast forward some years, the Yankees got to bring, like, Mike Ford off the bench in a clutch situation. Not the same right. kind of left-handed bat. Exactly. Not at all. Professional hitter for sure, 100%. So that, that's the reason for my call first time, um, long time. And, um, you know, I just wanted to point out one other thing that I'm proud of is that I'm the uh, – the manager of uh, Greg Weiser, who's in the Yankee bullpen, um, I coached him throughout his uh, career in uh, travel ball. We basically didn't play Little League. We pulled out a Little League and made a travel ball team and played all year round in Long Island and Bay Shore. Awesome. And he, rep he represents uh, the, the, the Long Island Bay Shore and then, uh, you know, there's other kids that were involved that went on to get scholarships for college and stuff like that. So the program was in intact. And um, I just wanted to say that uh, I'm proud of Greg Weiser, and hopefully he gets a uh, fair deal next year um, coming up into uh, the spring. Yeah, thanks for the call, John. Hopefully he builds on the uh, last two years of appearances for, for the Yankees. Fordham guy coming out of the Bronx. Um, we we want to see him be a little bit better, but I mean, he still made it to the Yankees, and that's a cool connection, man. I I said to Raul back then, I wasn't going to the stadium. I was going to like one game a year back then. It was like a treat. I think in 2012, maybe it was 2013. I went to one game a year. I remember specifically going up to see Mike Trout's debut in Yankee Stadium, uh, and I can't remember now because it was so long ago. But like. The example that just came to my head. Back then, Girardi is taking out Alex Rodriguez to put Ibanez in against Buck Walters, Baltimore Orioles, taking a chance like that, 
And knowing that that's a guy with a slow heartbeat that's going to rise to the occasion, and he did, and it worked. The Yankees, fast forward a few years later from then, five years later from them, they, they move on from Girardi. Why? Gets the Game 7 of the World Series, or uh, the ALCS, one game away from the World Series. Why, why'd you go away from that guy again? We know. The Binder, Gary Sanchez. But ultimately, him and Brian Cashman obviously didn't see eye to eye. And the next year, Brian Cashman brought in his own guy. A guy that never managed a Major League Baseball team before. A guy that was sitting in a TV booth. And here we are, all these years later. Let's go to Dave in Maplewood, New Jersey. Dave, you're on the fan. Hey, Keith. I haven't talked to you in a while, but I'm glad I have this opportunity. I've told you this before. You're the best baseball mind on the station, and you're clearly the, the most insightful, knowledgeable Yankee fan. I appreciate you. Um, Thank you. I think that what gives me a little bit of hope, although I'm cynical like you are, is Aaron Judge's comments, and I think that they haven't gotten enough attention. And, you know, we, we know Aaron Judge is a guy who's very thoughtful with every word he says. He doesn't say things by accident. And he said he 100% supports Boone coming back. When I asked him about Cashman, he didn't answer, right? And then what he did say is the team needs a new philosophy. You know, we need to fix a lot of things. I mean, he sees what's going on. He can't be the only guy who cares about batting average on the team and surrounded by a bunch of 200 hitters and think that the team's going to win. He knows that doesn't work, right? And that the whole idea of bringing in an outside consultant or whatever they're saying they're doing now is comparing it with a different analytics company, that's part of the same problem. It's not baseball people, you know? What they, what, what they need to do, if Hal cares, and I don't know if he does, but if he cares about being successful, what he should do is take out, handpick, a bunch of trusted baseball guys who are not in Cashman's administration right now. Call in Jeter. You got a ton right. of guys. Right, but call in guys like like Cashman. They like, were just like here for old timers day. I would have I mean yeah. and uh, and Howland Hal and Brian Cashman were in Japan watching Yashinobo Yamamoto throw a no hitter. Right. They weren't here. That would have been a time to do it. Get the brain trust in and say, what do you guys think? Speak honestly to me. This I, but make see, I don't think they care what those guys think. I think there is a vibe and a energy around the Yankees. It's, it's Brian Cashman's team, and he, yeah. he he's been there so long that it, like he answers to no one. Uh, and that's the problem. And his philosophy, like Judge says, Judge didn't name him by name, but he might as it well. It was so obvious when you when you heard that. Work. Yes, right. And, and people, you hear people give him credit because the team's made the playoffs so many years. Who cares? Right. It's like look. If you were in a fantasy league, if you were in an auction league, right, and you got one guy who every single year got to spend twice as much as anybody else, <laughs> would you be impressed if he makes the playoffs every no, year? No, because that's what, like, exactly. You, know? you have an advantage. Of course. Of course. So it's sad, you know, and his whole approach is wrong. He keeps recycling these guys. That, like, we're, we have to see Billy McKinney and Jake Bowers and all these other has-beens that he th- he likes them because he doesn't care that they can't play defense or they can't run. Nobody Every else once in a while wants they get them. A one, There's a right? reason why these guys are available. Yeah. Nobody else wants right. them. Thank you for the call, Dave, and the compliments. Now I'm rivaling Evan Roberts as the number one baseball mind on the fan. How, look how far we've come. <laughs> hey, it depends who you ask. It depends who you ask, you know. 
It's a, This is the Yankees, you know, morning. The Yankees fans are in mourning right now. I know they, we are. And I'm, they're relying on you to talk them through it. I know. I was listening. So I didn't get to listen to too much of Evan and Tiki. Uh, I'm, I'm daddy daycare during the day. And I was trying to prepare for my own show. And there was just a ton of notes. And sometimes if you listen to the fan too much before you go on, you start to take some of the these takes and they start to mess with your own thoughts. And I can't have that go on. But uh, I did go back in the app, and I listened to Evan as I was getting dressed and getting ready talk about how it's the Yankees' fault <laughs> that we're all going in on the Jets and the Giants, and if the Yankees would have done their part and got to the postseason, they'd be playing right now, and the focus would have shifted there. And I'm listening to him go through, you know, C-Mac and BT and Morass and like all the Yankee fans on the fan, and he he forgot one, forgot one name. I haven't been on in three days. He forgot little old me. Just just the Yankee he fan. Didn't mention little Keith. Didn't didn't even mention the boy. So I don't know if that was intentional. <coughs> as Evan, <laughs> that's Evan's cough after every every time Evan turns his mic off. <coughs> now I'm rivaling Evan Roberts as a baseball mind. I think Sal is a good baseball mind on the fan. BT, um, I would say it's me, BT, Sal, Evan, C-Mac. C-Mac, got to get some credit. C-Mac's definitely a baseball mind, baseball guy, but he's on in the overnight. It depends who you like. It honestly, you know, so much of this depends on your voice, right? Who you like to listen to. Yeah, The teams, you're, right? Because the fans are tend, they will tend to go to, they're fans of their team, right? So Yankee fans are going to rely on you. Right. So Mets like, I like fans to hear are, this guy right. talk about the Yankees. Yes, right. I like to hear this guy talk about the Mets. Yeah. Or baseball in general. And, and that's why I always put it out there. I'm a Yankee fan first, but, like, not for nothing. I have some things on the resume that say, this guy's a baseball guy. I didn't play the game at a high level. I wish I was better at baseball. But you don't get into the MLB fan cave and go through that audition and that screening Without knowing a little baseball. You also don't get to be on MLB Network as a host of a show three, four days a week without knowing a little bit about baseball. And I'm also not older. Like, I'm not as old as some of the other hosts. So they have seen more than me, at least five to ten years more than me in baseball. I'm more with this last, like, 15, 20 years or so. But what I'm seeing with the Yankees, it's it's concerning. I'm going to send you, Paulie, the the clip from uh, from Cash talking on Chicago, the score, 670. Let's break and we'll play that. What I what I want to do, and, and like, shout out to Jarvis and Liam holding to talk football. I just, like I said, I listened to the fan yesterday all day. I listened today all day. And, and the, the amount of Zach Wilson on Monday and Daniel Jones on Tuesday, I'm like, I have a five-hour show. We'll get there. Dan Duggan will join me at 10. That's when we're really going to rev up the Giants conversation. Um, but when we come back, I want to play the clip from Brian Cashman last year and just like let you guys hear how that sounds now and make you think about where we are now with the Yankees as Yankee fans. And now I have Yankee calls coming in. I, I definitely have touched the nerve. So we'll, we'll go there. But Jarvis and Liam, if you guys want to hold, I'll come to you first for your football thoughts. But we got a break right here. Go get that clip from Brian Cashman. And uh, we'll continue the sports talk right after this. When this happened, you talked about it on The Fan. I do believe it. 
this stage of the game that Joe Girardi is without question the right uh, the right man for the job, and I look forward to, to working with him and and, uh, and watching watching his abilities unravel over the course of the next three years. When New York sports happens, talk about it here. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. Are you still there? I'm still here. A five-hour KM to AM. Of course I'm still here. Good to be back. Three days off without having, like, a plan. Like, even I said to my wife, I'm like, oh, I'm off tonight. She's like, how do you not know that? I'm like, I don't know. I just, the, the schedule gets emailed to us. Sometimes it's hard to even look at it. I'm just like, I, my, my schedule goes off the Yankees schedule. And without really thinking about the Yankees season being over Sunday... And us shifting into 5-hour KM to AMs again, where I'll be on at 7, which is a blessing. I, I feel blessed to have the opportunity to be on while people are, are awake. More people can hear me. I just wasn't thinking about Monday and the Giants and the extended post game and not being on. But three days off is a long time. Last time I was on was Friday. And I listened. I listened to the fan on the weekend. Shout out to Moose, man. Me and uh, Mark Malusis are connected. Both of us have sons named Jackson and... I always tell the story about meeting Moose when I was in the MLB fan cave in 2014. Like if I had to make a movie about my life, you know, meeting Moose and WFAN doing that activation at the fan cave in 2014 and me getting that WFAN keychain that day and putting it on my keys and not taking it off for nine years. You know, and then I actually got to the fan cave. It's like a weird manifestation. So, so shout out to Moose. And I've always loved his rants and his takes and how he deals with callers and the fact that he's a Yankee fan. So Yankee fans, I'm going to play this little bit right here. And then when we get into the nine o'clock hour, uh, you know, I'll take your, your Yankee calls. I'll mix in some football calls. And then Dan Duggan, who covers the giants for the athletic will give us some insight on the giants. And then the rest of the night, we will talk giants and jets and close this thing out. Sound like a plan. Thanks. Sounds like a plan to me. All right, Paulie, roll the clip of Brian Cashman over the winter after last season going on the score 760, I believe it is, in Chicago. This is an audio clip that I've played before and that I've referenced a ton, and I just can't get this out of my mind. Now, what grade to give the Cubs and the White Sox? I would think that in New York it's a pretty resounding uh, A because of your ability to retain Aaron Judge. You get Anthony Rizzo. You signed Carlos Rodon. Some of those names very familiar to people in Chicago. How would you evaluate your offseason and your excitement level heading into spring training? Well, New York's a tough grading system, so the only A you get is if you finish finish with that trophy in hand. Otherwise, you get an F. There's nothing in between. <laughs> so so it, remains, it remains to be seen. Um, it was funny. I was just talking to Omar Minaya, who's you know one of my special assistants, and so last Last night we were having a little dinner and I was talking with him and my son Teddy and I'll just tell you this real, real quick, but he said, uh, I, I, you know, we're talking about how the season ended and I was like, where did, how far did we get? You know, and, you know, it was like, we got, we got knocked out. Was it in the first round, the second round? And, and Omar was talking to me about it today. He goes, man, he's like, you guys are in it so much you can't remember what happened. I'm like, well, I was like, you know, to be quite honest, quite honest Omar, we, we, the truth was, in the end, we had four games short of a World Series appearance, but it felt like the way our fan base reacted in the press that we got 
you know, we got knocked out in the first round, but you, know, you, say what? So you can't re- really remember sometimes reality versus the perception. And the perception was we, we, we didn't do well. And, and the reality was we had a hell of a, another run at it, but come on, bro. So that's just the New York market. <laughs> yeah. Cut it right there. Just cut it right there. You don't have to play. <laughs> so that was me in August talking over that soundbite and you know, my shows are late at night, so maybe you didn't hear it. Maybe that's your first time hearing it. But a couple things there, right? Brian Cashman, low-key, going to another city, our sister station. I've been on the score in Chicago three different times. And, uh, you know, have you ever heard Brian Cashman on WFAN? I haven't. Brian, if you're out there, I would love to have you on. I, w- I would love to have you call in or in studio because you, you reference the press and the fan base. And I'm not a journalist, I'm not a reporter, I'm not a writer, but this is media. They lump us in with the press. And I'm obviously one of the gang, the creatures, 203. I'm not a season ticket holder, but I pretty much might as well have been in the last few years the amount of Yankee games I've gone to. So I can speak as both. And what Brian Cashman said that bothered me was that the reaction from the press and the fan base was that they didn't have a good season. No, that that wasn't it. That's how you saw it. That's how you felt, I guess. We were disappointed that we were swept by the Houston Astros and bounced out of the ALCS again. Now go back to the series before that. It was also because we struggled to defeat the Poverty Guardians. And there was a game where, I don't know, it rained for two hours. We all sat in the stadium. And then that washed the in-between travel day. So we ended up going, and that's not your fault, Brian Cashman. That's Major League Baseball's fault. But we ended up going right from the ALDS into the ALCS without a day to rest. We knew we were cooked, and the team struck out a bunch of times and couldn't get it done, couldn't score enough runs against an Astros team that went on to win the World Series. And then in the offseason, knowing that no one has won back-to-back World Series since you did it in 99-2000, wouldn't you have a little bit of a feel to say the American League is wide open this next year? We got to go for it. No, instead you listen to the Chicago people pat you on the back for retaining Aaron Judge. Come on now. Retaining Aaron Judge, who you drafted when I was in the fan cave, who you developed, who you made the judges' chambers for, the 99 jerseys, the all-rise. Like You are part of... The reason that Judge is Judge, and you fumbled the bag with Judge. So as you hear Judge's comments, and he doesn't say anything about Brian Cashman, and he kind of you know uh, has a lot to say, uh, do, uh, do you think Judge is a Cashman guy? Absolutely not. Because if you go back to the beginning of last season, going into opening day, I told you guys, he treated Judge like he treated our other beloved Yankees. My two favorite, literally my three favorite Yankees since I started watching the Yankees are Bernie Williams, Derek Jeter, and Aaron Judge. And they they all have in common that in dealing with Brian Cashman for their contracts, for their deals, they asked him to you know keep it private or they said one thing and he did another thing. He didn't necessarily do right by them. So you can have hard business principles against your own guys Man, have those same hard business principles with the Twins when you're making a trade or the Cardinals when you're making a trade or the Oakland Athletics when you're making a trade. You see, like my, the problem that I had with that whole interview in another city 
literally our sister station, they call me up, hey, Keith, can you come on and talk about the uh, Yankees-Cubs matchup? Sure, no problem. Can you come on and talk about the Bulls versus the Nets? Yeah, no problem. You can go on another station and talk about our fans and our, our press and make it seem like we're overreacting. It is compounded. It is. We're going on 15 years. It has been 15 years since you got back to a World Series. You've had the talent, but you've made a ton of mistakes. You never admit to these mistakes. It's always us, right? We're the ones overreacting. But it looks to me that, like, some of these teams know how to get back to the playoffs every year, postseason every year, don't have down years like this. Looks to me like same teams are at the top of the league figuring it out. What has happened with your team? What has happened with our beloved Yankees? What are you doing with our team, bro? That's just where I'm at. That is just where I'm at. Retaining Judge. You fumbled the bag with Judge, which cost you money that you could apply to the team to help Aaron Judge out, right? To get better players around him. If you would have just offered him a little bit more on opening day 2022, he would have signed the deal. Instead, he went out to, like, literally, he went out in spite of you and hit 62 home runs. And you got so high off of that that you thought the team was better than it was. You didn't go improve it. That was one guy. When that one guy got hurt and subtracted from the team, what did you have? Aaron Judge had an extended period of time this year, over two months, to look at the Yankees team and organization that he signed with for the rest of his career. And, yeah, that's why he wants things to change. That's why he's got a big opinion about everything. Interesting. All right, 9 o'clock, two hours in. Keith McPherson on the fan. KM to AM returns right after this. Odyssey celebrates Father's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on and podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening.